Okay, so this is our weekly Bible study and current event study for February 25th, 2007. have some pretty heavy-duty information to get into today. And I'm going to start off with an article I just received last night from Cutting Edge Ministries with David Bay. And uh, it's entitled, Could the Most Devastating Propaganda Blow Against Christianity Be Unfolding Now? And um, this is amazing. I have never heard this information before, but this isn't my opinion. This is something that's actually happening right now in the secular world. And um, I had sent this email out last night and um, with the following Bible verses at the header. So that um, I like to set the stage with Bible verses with an article like this uh, because you can read something like this and it's very easy to get your eyes off of the Word of God or off of Christ. And we don't want to do that. We want to make sure that, that um, we have everything that we're looking at within a biblical parameter and perspective. So 2 Corinthians 2.11 states, you know, I've said this many times, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. This is what we're going to be reading about today is one of his devices that he's going to be trying to use. And this is a very huge attack on um, really the deity of Jesus Christ. Matthew 24.24 says, if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Okay, And then I also included with it an attachment proving... Um, uh, basically a whole attachment where it was, it's called the law of pro probability and it examines the probability that when Jesus Christ came here all of the prophecies that he fulfilled and the odds on that happening um, are there, there's not enough atoms in the uh, universe that's how that's the, the, the probability of him not being who he says his was is one to there, there's more there's basically more um, there are not enough atoms in the universe to calculate the fact that, um, as far as the odds go, of, of him not being who he said he, says he was. So this is this is the thing that we're going to be looking at today. Jude one verses three and uh, verses three and four says, "Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints." For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our Lord God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this is what we're going to be examining today. How are they denying the Lord Jesus Christ? And this is a very, this is a frontal, frontal assault on that. And that we're, earnest, we're supposed to earnestly contend for this faith that was once delivered to us. And, um, this is entitled, there was a, a news brief from YNET News, and it was entitled, Jesus' Burial Site Has Been Found. So, you're probably getting a little idea what this is going on here. This was February uh, 23rd, this is just a couple days ago, this happened. Now, this is quoting from this article, quote, New film documents, discovery of Jerusalem, of a Jerusalem cave containing ten caskets believed to hold the remains of Jesus, Mary, Mary Magdalene, and others. Oh yeah. The cave in which Jesus Christ was buried has been found in Jerusalem. They, they claim the, the makers, uh, oh, claim the makers of a new documentary film. They're actually doing a whole documentary on this. Okay, I'm sure they're, they're gonna. If it proves true the discovery, 
which will be revealed at a press conference on Monday in New York. So this is going to happen this coming Monday. Today's Sunday. It's going to happen tomorrow. I pray the Lord Jesus Christ shut their mouths. Truly, I do. Really, I, 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 would, I would want that. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be better for God to, to judge this? That all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, for they would wisely consider of His doing, and that the righteous would be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, and all the upright in heart would glory? That's the end of Psalm 64. If God deals with this sin, if God deals with this blasphemy, if He deals with this heresy, isn't that a good thing? That judgment... As the, as the Bible says, I will give you the valley of Achor for a door of hope. Well, judgment took place in the valley of Achor, which is where Achan and his family were destroyed. But that was Israel's door of hope. So this judgment, if God starts judging this wickedness on this earth, all men will see in fear and declare the work of God. Well, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God also humbles you. Many people will end up getting saved if God started dealing with this. Now, I'm not saying God's not dealing with it, but... In his permissive will, he's letting these things happen. I mean, we know that this has to happen according to the end times that we're living in. But I would also love to see God dealing with these people in a tangible way and their mouths being shut. Uh, because this is, this is grievous, what's going on. I'm going to go on, keep quoting this article. It says, Christ, the Christian world... Um, well, hold on. Skipping over here. This could shake up the Christian world as one of the most significant archaeological finds in history. The coffins, which according to the filmmakers, held the remains of Jesus of Nazareth, his mother Mary, and Mary Magdalene, will be displayed for the first time on Monday in New York. I guess these are just, I don't know if the coffins and the remains are in them or what. I imagine just the coffins. If this claim can be made to appear authentic, the Christian church world will be shaken as never before. Now, this is David Bay writing. Now, to me, it doesn't shake me one bit. I mean, this is, this is just confirmation of the, of the great deception and delusion that God said he was going to send. He said he was going to send it in 2 Thessalonians. It says, God will send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth. So, you know, God is sending the strong belief. He's permitting this to happen. But this isn't going to shake my faith one bit. Because I know in whom I have believed it. And the life of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection are an absolute historical fact. And But the problem is, is we have such weak Christians that have never really been taught truth. Of course, most of them aren't even saved. They're not reading the right Bible. They're in a corporation called a 501c3 church. I'm sorry, but that, that is what the church in America pretty much is. It's a 501c3 corporation. As the pastor is the CEO and the board of deacons is the, um, the, the deacons of the board of directors. We've went down that many times, but we've got a lot of Christians that are going to fall for this. Or pseudo-Christians, I, su I should say. And many Christians that are weak in doctrinal knowledge could very well suffer their loss of their faith. Well, did they really have a saving faith to begin with? You know. You're saved by grace through faith. You know. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, 
lest any man should boast. So we're saved by grace through faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We have to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in order to get saved. We have to have faith to believe that he did come here, that he died on the cross, that he shed his blood to pay our sin debt, that he rose again three days from the grave, and now he's seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We have to have that faith. Well, granted, yes, this is going to shake the faith of many, but the Bible says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we're going we're to look at that a little bit more. It says, in fact, since the Christian church has already weakened as never before because of the lack of biblical knowledge, because of the acceptance of a worldly and occult methods within the church, and by preaching a watered-down salvation plan, the entire church could wobble from this claim. I just wonder who God really looks at as his church, though. We, we just automatically seem to include all Christians, regardless of what denomination they are as God's church. But is that how God's looking at it? I, I, I think he's going to shake everything that can be shaken to see what will remain. I think that if it were possible, even the very elect will be deceived. Um, these are things that the strong delusion uh, isn't just going to happen... I believe, in an instant... The strong delusion's been happening. It's been building toward this. And hence the falling away of the church. This is what you expect to see when strong delusion is sent. It's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. That's what's happening. So, I don't really look at this as some big gigantic blow to Christianity, but as a logical thing that has to happen. I'm not happy about it happening, but it stands to reason that it would happen. So it says, now um, let us return to this article for more information. So we're going to look back at this article. We're going to quote from this original article. The story starts in 1980 in Jerusalem, Tal Payat neighborhood, with the discovery of a 2,000-year-old cave containing ten coffins. Six of the ten coffins were carved with inscriptions reading the names, Jesuit, son of Joseph, Mary... Mary, Matthew, Jopha, which is Joseph, identified as Jesus' brother, Judah, son of Jesus, or whatever. This, this is what the filmmakers are claiming. The findings in the cave, including the decipherment of the inscriptions, were first revealed about ten years ago by internationally renowned Israeli archaeological professor Amos Cloner. Now, I'm sorry, but this is like the fox guard in the hen house. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Jews hate Jesus. I'm sorry, but right now, they do hate Jesus. They have hated Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, you can call me anti-Semitic or whatever. But when they said to Pilate, take away Jesus, give us Barabbas, let his blood be upon us and our children, you don't really have to look any farther than that to see why the Jews have had such a hard time since the cross. You don't. Oh, you're being anti-Semitic, whatever. I'm being biblical. So, this is something that, um, if you leave this information to the Jews, especially the Zionist Jews, let's say, like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, and the people that have a lot of interest, would have a lot of interest in something like this. Rockefeller has their own uh, whole museum of antiquities in Jerusalem. They're, They're... They're intimately involved in the archaeological digs that are going on. And do you think that some that that some Illuminati, high-level ranking, Zionist Jew like 
and I, granted, I love the Jews, okay, but the Bible says blindness in part has happened to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in. Right now, they're blind in part. And when you have these people at the top, they're just wicked, okay, Rothschilds and the Rock, these 13 families of Illuminati, basically they're generational Luciferians, Okay, when you have those people at the top in control of the archaeological digs that are going on primarily in Israel, do you think the information is not going to be biased? It has to be biased. It has to be favoring their position. It has to be favoring everything that they're going to set forth is going to put doubt in your mind if Jesus Christ was ever here. Of course they're going to do that. You, you should expect this. So, that, that's it's nothing to be... Um, alarmed about from that standpoint. So, looking at this a little bit further, um, again, just be careful <laughs> because whoever is funding whatever research they're doing, generally speaking, they always have a hidden agenda. Very, very seldom is any research done that's purely neutral. I mean, if they're going to put money into it, you got to look at who's the person putting the money into it. And is there a hidden agenda there? Well, there's a lot of hidden agendas with this. I mean, come on. It says, since their discovery, the caskets were kept in Israeli Antiquities Authority archive, probably in Rockefeller's museum. Okay? Now, in case anybody listening to this, this um, audio doesn't know that, Rockefeller are high-level Zionist-type Jews. Okay? And again, that doesn't mean I'm anti-Semitic. I'm just stating facts. Okay? The Rothschilds are the same. And, um, and again, that doesn't mean I've demonized the whole Jewish race, like some tend to do. I will not do that. But it, there are many, many high-level Zionist Jews at the top of the Illuminati. That's, that's irrefutable and undisputable, okay? But that doesn't mean the whole race, you know, is, 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 has been totally corrupted, so, if we go further, it says, although the cave was discovered nearly 30 years ago and the casket inscriptions decoded 10 years ago, the filmmakers are the first to establish that the cave was in fact the burial site and the burial site of him and his family, Jesus Christ and his family. Of course, the entire lie of the Da Vinci Code, now remember, we've got the Da Vinci Code now, is that Jesus never died in the tomb, but was revived and gotten out of the tomb by his disciples who had bribed the Roman guards. His supposed wife, Mary Magdalene, escaped the wave of persecution which killed Jesus and traveled to the coast of Normandy, France. She gave birth to a daughter. This is why they actually refer to Mary as the Holy Grail. She's actually referred to as the Holy Grail. She was the receptacle of the Holy Seed of Jesus, is what they say. So she's the Holy Grail. She bore Jesus' daughter. This is where we get the Merovingian bloodline, one of the bloodlines of the Illuminati. Which we're going to talk about right here. She gave birth to a daughter, whom Jesus had sired. What a lie from the pit of hell. And later married this daughter to a Merovingian prince. The nobility families of Europe, Russia, Great Britain, all can trace their lineage back to these Merovingian princes, who probably also have a lot to do with the tribe of Dan which was a whole other thing that we got into recently. 
Therefore, when the Antichrist arises from within the Merovingian bloodline, he can trace his lineage through Jesus, therefore directly to King David. And then he's got a whole expose on this. Now, if anybody listening to this audio wants me to forward this email, um, you can email me at Dr. Johnson, D-R-J-O-H-N-S-O-N, at the letter I, the letter X, dot net, com, N-E-T-C-O-M, dot com. I'll forward it to you. Or you can go up to Cutting Edge. I believe it's CuttingEdge.org. And, um, yeah, CuttingEdge.org. And uh, do a search for um, the current newsletter. Obviously, at the Da Vinci Code, which is basically having a lot to do with the Holy Blood, Holy Grail. There was a book called the Holy Blood, Holy Grail book that got this whole thing started. Um, really with the Da Vinci Code, with this Merovingian bloodline, with all of this blasphemy that's coming out about Jesus never dying on the cross, um, marrying Mary, and them having a daughter together. Okay, That's where all this started. If this story were true, Jesus' body would be lying somewhere in a cave. In fact, this book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, strongly hinted that the secret societies had discovered Jesus' body many centuries ago and were awaiting just the right time to reveal it to the world. What might that right time be? Just before the appearance of the Masonic Christ, of course. So, when he says Masonic, he means Freemasonry and the Masonic. And when he says that, I think what he's really saying also is Freemasonry, in its purest form, is basically Babylonian mystery religions. It's basically the combination of all religious systems in the world in kind of an, into one big pagan system. Um, and that's what why he would say the Masonic Christ. Then it, he goes on to say, for just before his staged appearance on the world scene, a major effort must be made to convince the world that Jesus was never resurrected. Not only would millions of nominal Christians suffer the loss of faith, but the vast majority of the world would feel safe in believing Jesus Christ was simply just another world teacher. An avatar. On the same basis as Buddha, Krishna, Muhammad, and other avatars of other religions. Because, see, they're all still in the grave. And this is the big distinction between Jesus Christ and all of them. Well, now they're going to try to prove, no, he's no different. We found his body after all. He never died and rose. Therefore, when the Antichrist will claim that he is possessed of the same Christ consciousness spirit as that which possessed Buddha, Krishna, Muhammad, and Jesus, all in their own time periods, people will believe him more readily. So, he's just going to be one more, he's going to be supposedly the highest avatar. Now, what the word avatar means is teacher. But teacher in like a very, very mystic, uh, spiritual way. You know, and this is what supposedly Buddha, Krishna, Muhammad, now they're trying to lump Jesus in there. Now, there's a big push in the world, and there's a lot of guys like Lord Maitreya, who has his own website sponsored by the United Nations, and there's another guy named St. Germain, and another guy named Sananda, and another guy named Hanton. Hanton goes so far as to say that he is the creator of the universe. He says he is the eternal creator of the universe. Okay, these are these. They're, call, they're calling themselves these Ascended Masters. has a lot to do with the aliens that we see on TV. 
how we're getting that shoved down our throat. There's a lot of this that's going to tie together. And a lot of Christians say, oh, no, I don't want to deal with any of this. I don't want to, this is just, this is nuts, this is crazy. Well, you better be able to give a hope for the answer that's within you, and not just Jesus Christ. You better be able to understand the devices of Satan, so that they don't get an advantage of you. So that you're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. I think it's very important that we know who our enemy is and how he's coming after us. I mean, would it be a good battle strategy to go into battle and know nothing about your enemy because you just said, ah, oh, it's not worth giving any... We don't want to give any credit to the devil. I've heard that one before. You know? I want... I want not because I want to participate in it. I want to know my enemy. So, this is the thing that, that we have to be looking at here, that we have to be very careful of. Um, the final matter to be understood is that this spurious story is being backed by some of the greatest heavy hitters in mass media. Well, imagine that. Who are they all tied in with? The same people, these upper-level Zionist Jews that are going to be bringing this to the forefront on. They're all tied together. They control it. Now granted, God is on the throne. The Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. But again, this is the strong delusion that's permitted to be permitted to be sent that many will be that many will believe this lie because they believed not the truth. They loved not the truth. I mean that's that's what the Bible let's just just read that verse real quick. I just want to make sure I, I I get that verse exactly right. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. And this is talking about the Antichrist. So this is basically the time. We're right on the cusp of the Antichrist. I think we're, we're, we're seeing this here. I don't know what a whole lot more has to happen for the Antichrist other than World War III. And we're going to talk about that in a second too. This, is, this may be one of the most important um, Bible studies we've ever done as far as relevant current events that could happen any second. We're, I mean, this is Bible prophecy exploding here, what we're doing. Um, verse 10. Uh, well, this is, this is in reference to any quest. Verse 9. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Okay? We're going to see some lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they received not the love of the truth. They didn't receive the love of the truth. They didn't love truth. I mean, he even goes so far as to say they didn't receive the love of the truth. I mean, that's even more emphatic than just truth. The love of the truth. They didn't want truth. They didn't love truth. That's why truth is so important. The truth shall make you free. Well, what is truth? Well, Jesus said in John 17, 17, He says, sanctify... He's saying to the Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That's what is truth. The word. So you better make sure you're reading the right Bible. You better make sure you have a King James Bible. Not a New King James, but a King James Bible. Because that is truth. What does sanctify mean? To be made holy and set apart. That's how we get sanctified. Through the word of the Lord. Well, that's the ultimate truth. And ultimately, what this means is they rejected the, the Word of God, because the Word of God is the ultimate truth, okay? Because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. See, that has a lot to do with you getting saved, is you receiving truth. Can you get saved and not receive truth? Is that possible? Well, 
I'll accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I don't believe all this. Well, then you're not saved. You, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Verse 11. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Why? Because they receive not the love of the truth. That they should believe a lie. Well, that's where we're at right now, folks. We're, we're there. If it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. If you're my disciple, if you continue in my word, then, you're, then are you my, my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. These are, these are other verses that bolster this thing about truth. And then it says in verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They, they're going to have pleasure in... Do you know how many people are going to have pleasure in this? Oh, how do you explain this? I, I can hear it now. You know, some of these people that I've dealt with, well, how do you explain them? Well, I'm going to have an answer. This isn't going to shake me any. All this does is fire me up even more. It doesn't shake me one bit. But the sifting, I believe the sifting is happening. We're going to start seeing it. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. So, this um, going on in this article, it says, the film which documents the stages of discovery of these caskets, is the result of three years of labor and research. It will be broadcast on the International Discovery Channel, Britain, Channel Number 4, Canada's Vision, and Israel's Channel Number 8. Oh, they're going to eat this up in Israel. Which also took part of the film's production. That lineup is quite impressive. The Discovery Channel in particular has a reputation for being quite scientific. They air this documentary, but, you know, I'm sorry, but they're quite scientific. But so much of what they shove down your throat on the Discovery Channel, if it has anything to do with primitive things and, and, and all of a sudden, they always, 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 it's just a foregone conclusion. The Earth is 8 billion years old, and, and this species went extinct 16 million years. Well, you might as well throw your Bible right out the door. Because we're looking at, essentially, with the Bible, a 7,000 period time range here. And I'm talking all the way through to the millennium. So, if they were around 16 million years ago, well, again, what's the foregone conclusion there? Well, then the Bible must be an error. And if the Bible's an error, what am I going to base my salvation off? Well, maybe it's not true. I'm going to just going to do whatever I want to do. Well, it's going to be like the book of Judges. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's what the devil's trying to bring us back to that. This film will also trot out quite a number of experts to solidify their claim. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's the verse that I think of there. Professing themselves to be wise, they became as fools. That's what, that's what I think about their experts. If they're, if they're going to... Um, and, you know, I, truly I do. I, I pray that God would shut their mouth. But I also know at the same time that God is permitting this strong delusion to be sent. So, see, may the Lord's will be done, not mine. I would like to see God deal with these people in such a way that all men would see in fear and declare, that they would know it was God that, they're, that they've messed with. That they would know. That, and then all people would look on this and say, whoa, that is God. Wouldn't that be great? You know how many people get saved? What? Through the fear of God? Well, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. I think it would be a great thing. 
But this strong delusion is being sent by God. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. May his will be done. Just like Jesus says, Nevertheless, Lord, not, not to the Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Well, that's how we're supposed to pray as well. That's a pattern in the Lord's Prayer. So, anyway, um, according to the filmmakers, the film's claim is based on close work with world-famous scientists, archaeologists, statisticians, DNA specialists, and antiquity experts. Boy, you talk about, they're pulling out all the stops. They're pulling out all the big guns to try to deceive the masses. The DNA specialists will carry extraordinary weight with a lot of people in the world in carrying out this charade. Yeah, well, but, hold on real quick. So, the DNA specialists will be carrying extra, uh, will carry extraordinary weight with a lot of people in the world in carrying out the charade. Satan knows that Jesus' resurrection proves his divine nature. See, that's, that's what our faith hinges on, if you think about it. But if he can deceive the world into believing he did not rise, then Jesus cannot be proven to be divine. And hence our faith is in vain. See, that's what this... They don't even have to come out and say any of that. Because the Christians are going to... The pseudo-Christians will even figure that out, probably. 1 Corinthians 15, 14-17. Now, to be honest with you, David Bay had these in some other version. I put them in King James. Okay? So, forgive me that. <laughs> I shouldn't be forgiven that, but uh, I wanted to make sure it was what I believe to be the true word of God. 1 Corinthians 15, 14-17 says, And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching, then is our preaching vain. And your faith also vain. But the Bible even says that. I mean, the Bible even says it. Why? Because the Bible's the word of God. It's willing to confront these issues. Whereas a lot of people aren't. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised... Okay, let me see, read that again. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then it is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Why? Because his blood paid the price for our sin debt. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. The entire Christian faith is immediately cast on the rocks if it can be proven that Jesus was never resurrected. Oh, they're going to eat this up. Totally eat it up. Of course, in the word of propaganda, what is truth? The master illuminist, Adolf Hitler, answered the question for us once and for all when he said, quote, Truth is not what it is. Truth is what people perceive it to be. I believe uh, Joseph Goebbels, one of his chief henchmen, also said, this was in my Avion Flu presentation, um, that basically the bigger the lie is, the, the higher the tendency the people are going to have to believe it. So just tell a doozy, because they're going to believe it better than if you just tell a small. You just keep repeating it. You keep repeating it over and over. Prepare yourself, Christian, for your faith may be tested as never ever before. God is selecting for himself a people who will have faith in him and his son like never before. I have a little mixed feelings about that because this isn't going to test my faith one bit. I'm sorry. This, 
This isn't going to test my faith. This is, this is lunacy. This is asinine lunacy, what we're dealing with here. Now, I understand his point, what he's saying there. Um, but really, all it's going to do, I believe, to God's elect is probably fire them up more. You know, and I don't want to say that I'm the only one that's going to get fired up. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to rise to the occasion and, and um, s- stick to their guns, because you're going to have to. <laughs> you're gonna, God is going to put you in a position where you're going to be forced to not be lukewarm. You're either going to be cold or hot. Reference Revelation 3 about the Laodicean church. God says, I would rather that you be cold or hot. Not lukewarm. He will vomit the lukewarm out of his mouth. The lukewarm, just let me give you a hint, the lukewarm are going to go cold. They're not going to get hot. They're not going to get on fire for God. They're going to go cold. The lukewarm, I would say, venture to say, the vast majority, are not going to go toward the truth. Because they've been content in believing half-truths and pseudo-Christianity. This is the separation that's coming. This is the shaking that's coming. Um, we may be witnessing this particular prophecy. Hebrews 12, 24-29. Hebrews 12, 24-29 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of, a, of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Hmm. He's the mediator of a new covenant. How do the Messianic Jews explain that one? I mean, they'd have us all be bound up in the law. My word, they'd have us going back to the Talmud. If the truth be known, if you study that thing out enough. Speaking better things than that of Abel. Seeing, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Who's him that speaketh? Jesus. See that you don't refuse him. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. In other words, I believe this is in reference to the prophets that came before Jesus Christ that spake on earth. Okay? If they didn't escape damnation, who refused the prophets, how are we going to escape from Jesus Christ who actually came from heaven? Whose voice then shook the earth... But now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only not the earth only, but also the heaven. And this word yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. It's like being purified, where the Bible talks about um, the purification. Um, the trial of our faith as gold tried in the fire. These are things that are going to purify the Christians. Yes, they're going to shake them. All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy um, 3, 12 and verse 13. So, these are the things that we should expect to happen here. God says he's going to do the shaking. He's the one doing it. Wherefore we receive a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace 
whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Well, this is the problem with the modern day church. Is there's really not a lot of reverence and godly fear in the church. It's all God's love. I'm not saying it's all in every church, but I'm saying there's very little proportionate reverence of God and godly fear. Um, how do you get reverence? Really, the way to get reverence toward God and to be humble before God, godly fear would really take care of all of that. It really would. I mean, you, if you have godly fear on you, if you fear, if you fear God in a godly way, in a biblical way, that takes care of so many things that um, that we need, really. And then it says, the last part of this says, for our God is a consuming fire. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the final removal and the transformation of all that can be shaken. That is, of that which has been created. In order that which cannot be shaken may remain and continue. Well, what's, what is that that cannot be shaken? The true born-again believers in Christ. The true body of Christ on this earth. The remnant, because it's a remnant. Right now, it's always been a remnant, if you really think about it. That's what's going to not be shaken, is the remnant. Or, I, I should say, um, not to say they're not going to go through anything, but I mean, they're not going to be... They're, they're going to build their, their house on a sturdy foundation on the rock of Christ Jesus. They're not building their house on sand. If you build your house on sand and, and things start to shake, well, the house crumbles. Okay, But if it's on a rock, like the Bible says, on the rock of Christ Jesus... The chief cornerstone, well, if it's on that rock, it's not going to be shaken. It's not going to be, the house will not be destroyed. After this mighty storm of Satan has swept over the earth, the number of Christians who retain their faith may be very small. Well, good, because God wants to know who's his and who's not his. He doesn't want this lukewarm stuff. You're, you're telling me all the people in Smiley Joel Olston Stadium Church, 65,000 strong or whatever it is. Oh, I'm sure they're going to they're gonna deal with this real well. Well, I didn't hear Smiley Joe preach on this. I never heard him talk about... The, and you know something? Those guys, I guarantee you, they're going to be going along with, with this information. They're going to change just like the wind. Why? Because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Most of those men at these big TV evangelist things are devils. They're double-minded. They act godly and pious, or try to, give the appearance of that, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. What is that? That's double-mindedness. So, the Bible says if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no wonder that his ministers can also be transformed into ministers of righteousness. That's what we're dealing with. So, These are the true Christians whose faith cannot be shaken. All other peoples and weak Christians will suffer the shaking of their rootless faith so that they will lose what little faith they did possess. That's what's going to happen. Truly this event must be considered another sign of the times which herald the coming of the Masonic Antichrist, which the Bible refers to as the Antichrist, coming at the same time when so many other prophecies have either been fulfilled or about to be fulfilled. So this is what we're dealing with here. These are exciting times for genuine Christians. We are about, for we are about to have unparalleled opportunity to share our Christian faith with unbelievers and skeptics. Will you know the facts enough to be able to defend your rock, your solid faith? We were.
will conclude this with a scholarly dissertation, which states, this is from, okay, this, uh, this is a quote, it says, if we are not allowed, oh, thank you, if we are not allowed to believe in any divine intervention, which we may call supernatural or miraculous, it is impossible to account for the person of Jesus Christ at all. No Christian, therefore, can have any difficulty in accepting the abnormal, the unusual, the miraculous. Thomas Arnold of Thomas Arnold of Rugby, he was the guy that invented rugby, Lisa. Just kidding. Sorry. Thomas Arnold of Rugby, no ordinary judge of historical evidence, said that the resurrection was the best attested fact in human history. Praise the Lord. I agree. Christianity welcomes all possible sifting, testing, and use by those who honestly desire to arrive at the truth. And if they will give proper attention to all the facts and factors involved, we believe they will come to the conclusion expressed years ago by Archbishop of Armaga that the resurrection is the rock from which all hammers of criticism have never chipped a single fragment. See, that's, our, that's really the cornerstone of our faith is the resurrection. And this whole thing with finding these ten coffins is directly attacking that. I, I, I do. I pray God curse all their ungodly efforts toward this. I do. But again, it's a double-edged sword. Not my will, but thine be done, Lord, because I believe this is the strong delusion that's being set. So anyway, um, so now, continuing with the study today, uh, I also received another email. Well, David Bay confirmed this as well um, with his with his emails. Now we're 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 right on the cusp right now of if this information comes out on Monday, which obviously it's already out. I don't know how much the major media is going to push this or cover this. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um. I know one thing. If you have a Masonic Antichrist that comes with all lying signs and wonders, he's going to come as a man of peace. He's going to be the only guy that's probably ever going to be able to bring peace to the Middle East, at least for a short time. And you have this in conjunction with these ten coffins coming out. We found Jesus, and you have this Masonic... And he's going to come with all lying signs and wonders. You start combining all this. I'm, I'm not talking about just about the... The finding of the Ten Coffins. You start combining all of these different deceptions. The Antichrist. The lying signs and wonders. All of this stuff combined. Then it's going to even strengthen their position even more. And it's going to be even deceive even more people. And there's also spirits working through these things. And these spirits are deceiving spirits. So, this next thing I want to cover is tied in with this. Because we're talking about something that can be the launching pad for the Antichrist making his appearance. Now, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 3, and we were just in 2 Thessalonians, it says there, it says, let no man deceive you. Well, let's read verse 2. Oh, let's just read verse 1. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. This is what this verse is in reference to. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our gathering together unto Him. That ye might not soon be shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us. Now see, what I'm talking about today is troubling. For some. It's not troubling 
for me, I, I hate to say that, but it's just not. It, it just, it wants to fire me up more. But it's saying, don't be troubled by these things when you hear them, okay? As the day of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, what's this, the day of Christ, except that come a falling away first. The apostasy of the church. This is another thing the Bible says is going to have to happen. The falling away of the pseudo-church, really. Falling away. Really, of the world. You know, too. Falling away, and that the man of sin be revealed. Now, hold on. It doesn't say a falling away, then the man of sin be revealed. It says, and that man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition. This is the Antichrist. Well, it says, and. It doesn't say, and then much later, or after the tribulation starts. It doesn't say that. It says, and. The falling away and the man of sin revealed are both revealed in the same time frame. Many people say, oh, we won't know the, 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 uh, who the Antichrist is until the start of the tribulation. But it says, and here. Now, the falling away is already occurring. Then it says, and the sin, man of sin be revealed. So, I don't have a problem with this man of sin being revealed before the tribulation starts. I believe when it will actually start is when he confirms the covenant with Israel for a week. Most likely, the scenario I believe, and this is what David Bay believes, is that there's going to be a World War III in the Middle East where Israel is going to be basically going against various nations in the Middle East. Hopefully, we'll be, we will be aligned on the side of Israel. That's what I'm hoping. Um, I can't guarantee that. I don't know. But... Israel goes against the Middle East out of the ashes of World War III. Comes a man that can actually bring peace. This will be the Antichrist. Most likely the scenario that may happen is that he is going to come to the fore and basically say, hey, listen, guys, I got the solution here. Let's sign this covenant, this basically this peace-truce covenant, and this is going to be the start of the tribulation. Okay, the Bible says that he will, the Antichrist will confirm the covenant with Israel for a week, seven years, most likely the seven-year tribulation. Now, again, I can't say 100% dogmatic about about everything, but I believe that's the scenario that's most plausible. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't know, but to me, studying this for many years, I think that that's the one that seems most plausible. And the Antichrist appearing before this covenant is signed from what I can see from 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 3, is predicted. Because it says, and the man of sin will be revealed. Well, here we have, yesterday, this just came out. Israel is seeking all clear for the Iranian airstrike. Now, you've been hearing a lot about this Iranian program, where they're, they're trying to enrich, enrich their uranium so that they can have more of a nuclear program. And, and America's been saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't do this. Now, the United Nations has also been saying this. But you have China and Russia aligning with Iran because they have a lot of vested interest over there. And they don't want what happened to Iraq to happen to Iran. Because when America took over Iraq, what happened is, is Russia and I believe China both kind of lost out on a whole bunch of their, their investments that they had. America just kind of took them over by proxy type of deal. Because we invaded them. I don't believe they're going to let that happen to Iran. Iran's very defiant. Very, very, very confident Iran is. Okay, Bible says, or, or this says, uh, this is an article that appeared in a Jewish um, 
well, it was reported by a guy named Khan Coglin in Tel Aviv. Israel seeks all clear for the Iranian airstrike. Now, this is from the Telegraph um, of the United Kingdom. Israel is negotiating with the United States for permission to fly over Iraq as part of a plan to attack Iran's nuclear facilities. The Daily Telegraph revealed. To conduct surgical airstrikes against Iran's nuclear program, Israel warplanes would need to fly across Iraq. But to do so, Israel military authorities in Tel Aviv need permission from the Pentagon. A senior Israeli defense official said negotiations were now underway between the two countries for the U.S.-led coalition in Iraq to provide an air corridor in the event of Israeli government deciding on unilateral military action. We are planning for, for every eventuality and sorting out issues such as the crucially important issues. Um... The only way to do this is to fly through the U.S. controlled airspace if we don't sort these issues out. We could have a situation where American and Israeli warplanes start shooting at each other. As Iran continues to defy the UN demands to stop producing material, which could be used to b build a nuclear bomb, Israel's military establishment is moving onto the war footing, with preparations now well underway for the Jewish state to launch airstrikes against Tehran if diplomatic efforts fail to resolve this crisis. This is World War III here. Now, like I said, just do this in mind of what we've already talked about today, with these caskets, with all this stuff. How much more has to happen? But do you realize that the vast majority of churches aren't going to want to even touch this, really? You know? I, I, they're just not. There was an article that appeared um, February 24th. Dick Cheney has raised the possibility of military action to stop Iran acquiring nuclear weapons. He has endorsed Republican Senator John McCain's proposition that the only thing worse than a military confrontation with Iran would be a nuclear-armed Iran. So, America's all ready for this. They're gearing up for this. Another article appeared. It says, British officials fear a U.S. attack on Iran is basically imminent. Tony Blair has declared himself at odds with the Hawks in the U.S. administration by saying publicly for the first time that it would be wrong to take military action against Iran. Senior British government sources have told the Times that they fear President Bush will seek to settle the Iranian question through military means. It sure is what he's done in the past. You know. Next year, um, he, they, they're predicting he will do this before the end of his second term if he concludes, this, if he concludes that diplomacy has failed. Iran, here's another article, Iran has speeded up its nuclear enrichment plans, says the United Nations. Iran has speeded up its nuclear program and plans to complete a large-scale uranium enrichment facility by May, the United Nations atomic watchdog said on Thursday. Now, I'm going to tie this in, again, this is from the same article, um, the same page of cuttingedge.org that I got off last night, the other article that we read, um, from David Bay. And this article is entitled, At No Time Since the Invasion of Iraq, At No Time Since the Invasion of Iraq, on March 20th, 2003, that's when the invasion of Iraq started, has the probability of war between Iran and the United States been higher? The rumors of war have reached a crescendo unseen in many years. Let us review the stories as how President Bush has maneuvered Iran very close to the tripwire, which might trigger the World War plan to produce the Masonic Antichrist. And again, now here we go with the same agenda, just a totally different angle. 
to produce this Masonic Antichrist. That's why I felt so compelled to go over this today. Because this could literally happen this week. Now, I pray to God it doesn't. And there's been a lot of things that, that have been could have happened. And they didn't, and praise God. I mean, I do believe God's merciful, and I do believe He's given us time as well. Um, this is from an article entitled Bush Iran War Agenda by Global Research, February 13th. Hillary Mann, the former National Security Council Director for, I for the Iranian and Persian Gulf Affairs under the Bush administration, has issued a sober warning to the public today concerning the Bush administration's intentions with Iran. In an interview with CNN, she accused the Bush administration of trying to push a provocative accidental conflict as a pretext to justify limited strikes on crucial nuclear and military infrastructures, as opposed to a large ground war, which was the case with Iraq. So in other words, she's basically saying, you know, he's trying to find some excuse where he can surgically take out our nuclear plants where we're, where we're um, enriching uranium um, he's trying to find any excuse he can. And we're going to see, I believe this is true. When asked why the Bush administration was seeking to do this, she responded that it is a part of Bush's broader agenda for the Middle East to bring about democrat democratization, peace and stability to the region. For the past few months, as American naval forces began their massive buildup in the Persian Gulf region, now did you know that? We've been building up massive naval forces in the Persian Gulf region. Discerning observers have wondered out loud if the Bush administration was setting the stage where they could create a false pretext for war by falsely claiming that Iranian forces had attacked American forces. See, there's always some excuse they've got for these wars. Always. The false pretext worked in the Gulf of Tonkin, where a false propaganda story was created and released to the mass media, claiming that the North Korean armed boats had attacked American naval units in that region. President Johnson used that lie to launch a buildup of forces of 550,000. Congress passed the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, and American soldiers began to die in heavy numbers. When all the fighting was completed, over 58,000 American soldiers died for no good reason. If this is what we are facing now in the Persian Gulf, it does seem that President Bush has set the stage. In this regard, consider the next story. This next story is entitled, Bush Advisors Secretly One Excuse to Attack Iran. Plot Unfolding. Um, Raiders News Network. This is one of the ones I use quite a bit. Newsweek cover. The hidden war with I Iran. U.S. officials insist they have no intention of provoking or otherwise starting a war with Iran, but former Secretary of State Colin Powell tells Newsweek that he thinks President Bush never had any intention of negotiating with the mullahs of Iran. My position in the remaining year and a half of my term was that we ought to find ways to restart talks with Iran. You can't negotiate when you tell the other side, when you tell the other side, quote, give us what a negotiation would produce before the, the negotiation starts. More pressure on the Iranian president could well make him popular again, the chief martyr in a martyr culture. Uh, the Sunni insurgents in Iraq need only some Americans and need only kill some Americans and plant Iranian IDs nearby to start a full-scale war. See, it would be very easy to start this war. That's the whole point of what we're trying to make here. Uh, another article by Global Research, entitled Theater Iran Near Term. Codename U.S. Military Planners 
codenamed by U.S. military planners as Tyrant, T-I-R-A-N-N-T, Theater Iran Near Term, that's what this abbreviation stands for, has identified several thousand targets inside Iran as part of a shock and awe blitzkrieg, now in the final planning stages, an attack on Iran under this tyrant, how appropriate, tyrant, could occur any time between late February and the end of April. We're in late February right now. The analysis was coupled with a mock scenario for Marine Corps Corps, uh, invasion and the simulation of Iranian missile force. Bush directed the U.S. Strategic Command to drop a a global strike plan for an attack against Iranian weapons of mass destruction. All this will ultimately feed into the new war plan for major combat operations against Iran that military sources confirm now exists in a draft form. Uh, This next news story tells us how ludicrous President Bush is acting right now. The report on a new presidential order should inform us that the president wants war, not negotiation. This one's from Debka File Intelligence of February 20th of this month. U.S. troops may attack nuclear military targets in neighboring Iran when a high casualty attack in Iraq is traced directly to Tehran. The new presidential directive extends the license of President George W. Bush issued last month to to U.S. troops to capture or kill Iranian agents. Um, It is causing great concern in Tehran's ruling circles, especially as the new license may well be applied when the downing of a U.S. of a large U.S. helicopter ends in a heavy toll of U.S. death. So this goes on to say basically that, that this war is more and more eminent with Iraq. That was really my whole point. So again, this confirms, this is more confirmation of what we've already got into today. Uh, We could be right on the cusp of that. I don't, I mean, what could happen this week, I have no idea. I received another thing this week from this ongoing thing that I've been reporting on with this uh, Growing in Grace ministry over in Miami. The one that that, um, the guy said that he was Jesus Christ incarnate. And then he said, now I'm the Antichrist. Well, you know what they're doing now? You know what his followers are doing now? They're getting 666 tattooed on themselves as a sign of devotion to their great satanic leader. Yeah, they're getting 666 tattoos. Did they show it on TV? Yeah, yeah. These people, I mean, we're talking discernment here. They really know their Bible good. And yet they claim to be God's elect. God's remnant, the chosen few, the only ones with the truth on earth. I had I sent out this article this week, and I had a guy email me back with a five-minute Google clip on entitled "Street Preachers versus Well, I put Street Preachers versus the 666 Tattooed Antichrist Followers." Uh, nice, nice title there. And there were these there was these street preachers, King James, and one of them's on my email list. I didn't even know a guy. His name's Reuben. Um, he thanked me for emailing us out. He says, "He says here's a clip of us going against these these people." I said, "Are you on my email list?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "I've been joining for years." Thank. You. I'm like, "Cool, praise the Lord." So it's a five minute video, and they're and they're and they're going against the, these people are, are are totally delusional. I mean, they they ask the guy at the beginning. They say, "Well, who do you think?" Your leaders, he says, I believe he's Jesus Christ incarnate, God in this earth. He says, I believe he's God in this earth. He said it over and over. 
guy's in a real nice suit, you know, he looks real professional. And then they had this other guy come up there, and he couldn't even hardly get five words out of his mouth. I don't know if he was drunk or what. Or maybe he was just drunk in the Holy Spirit like the Pentecostals say, sorry. Anyway, um, they say, he says that he's Jesus Christ, but he also says he's the Antichrist. And he's done away with all the doctrine, all the doctrine of the Bible. This is a new. So he's saying, basically, he's saying he's everything. Well, the Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 23 through 24, it says, if there, if, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise many false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. Insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And that's part of the verse we've been quoting all morning. But the Bible predicts there's going to be many false Christs. Well, you got to have, I'm sorry, but you have to have the, the, the discernment of a dung beetle to be following this guy. I mean, he's having him get 666 tattoos, and they're thinking that this is, they're still, they're acting as though they're, this one lady was coming up to this guy. They were in the church. These street preachers went into the church. And it showed this confrontation they had in the foyer. And the one lady's like, we just love you. We love you. We know that God brought you here. Yeah, God did bring them there to warn them, to rebuke them. The Bible says rebuke them sharply that they may be sound, found sound in the faith. Of course, they're not even in the faith. They're, they're not even close to the faith. 1 Timothy 4, 1. Through two says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Uh, we've already quoted these other ones. I, I, I like this one. This is one that really came up to me in, in regard to this, this devil uh, pastor of this growing in grace. Second Peter 2, 17-19 says, These are wells without water. Clouds that carry are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. That, that's what I, I, I just kept going through my head when I think about this Antichrist guy. To whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, can you imagine the great swelling words of vanity this man must be saying? They allure through the lust of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them that live in air. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. See, these people are overcome by the spirits operating through this devil at the, at the head of this growing grace ministry. These people are overcome by these spirits. See, if you go into a church like that, don't... Don't believe that you're not going to get corrupted. Because if you sit under that ministry, if the head is sick, the body will become sick at some point as well. You can't just stay in that. You've got to come out of that. So, um, this man promises them liberty. But all he's doing is bringing them in bondage. How does he do this? He speaks great swelling words of vanity. He allures them through the lusts of the flesh. Through much. I mean, this guy comes in, they shower him with Rolex watches, he's got all these... These high-dollar cars, houses. He's got. Um, they showed his church bulletin. They couldn't even. They couldn't even show the pictures in the church bulletin. It looked like a brochure magazine, because there was half-naked women all throughout the bulletin. They were showing it when they when these street preachers were in the foyer. He says, "Look at this," and, and the camera panned down, and they were actually having to blur out the half-naked women on 
the bulletin. It's how bad as bulletin is. So they allude to the lust of the flesh. So, um, so many verses were coming into my mind as these street preachers were engaging these guys. And um, Jeremiah, I believe it's Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, who maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. These people are under a curse because they're believing in man. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end of all the ways of death. These people are very sincere. But the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and I'm not even going to give them that much credit. I'm not going to say their intentions are good, but they think, they've believed in their heart that this man is a man of God, or whatever they think he is. Now he's a man of Antichrist. Well, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jeremiah 17, 9. Who can know it? He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs 28, verse 26. And they're trusting in man. So, um, you never do that. You do not trust in man. You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood in his word. Jude 1 through 4, we've already said this, uh, about earnestly contending through the faith. And then it says, For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. They were ordained to this condemnation before of old, it says. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord God into lasciviousness, which would be like lustful, coveting, these types of things. And denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, they're, they're totally denying the Lord Jesus Christ because they believe the Lord Jesus Christ is their, is their pastor. They believe that. Well, but then again, now he says he's the Antichrist, so I don't really know what they believe. Jeremiah, now, I'm, I'm not even going to read that one, but, because we could go on and on with these Bible verses. Um, I'll just read the first part of this one. Jeremiah 5.26 says, For among my people are found wicked men. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say they're his people. They're God's people. Okay. But the Bible says, For among my people are found wicked men. Setting that setteth snares. Are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that setteth snares. They set a trap. They catch men. These, these people are caught in traps and nets. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. See, they only can operate in deceit, these type of people. They're liars and devils. Therefore, they become great and wax and rich. That's how you would, you would say, well, how, how could God permit this to happen? How could he permit these, these devils to prosper? Well, the Bible says right here, it says, they are become great and wax and rich. Look at Benny Hinn. How could he, how could he permit these men to get away with this heresy? Well, the Bible says... That they become great and waxen rich. They are waxen fat. Yea, they shine. Yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They judge not the cause, the cause of the followers, yet they prosper. Bible says this is the way. Now, we're we're just seeing, we're just halfway through. The film has not been developed yet. Their end is the lake of fire. Okay? Verily. They, they're going to have their portion on this earth. And then they're going to have their portion in the lake of fire. An unending portion. 
Then it goes on to say, And the right of the needy do they not judge. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Oh, his, he's going to visit. He's going to visit. Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? Whoa, now that really hits home. Could that be a lot like America? Well, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the God. I am the Lord God. I changeth not. That's what God said, not me. Well, if a nation is like this, and has these types of ministries in them, which America is the quintessential essence of this, I'm sorry, but it is, well, is it God says that he's going to visit you. It's not going to be in a fun way. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesied falsely. Whoa. Go to most of your Pentecostal church to hear that. I'm sorry. I was in that movement for a long time. I had many, many supposed personal prophecies set over me. I can't remember one of them ever coming to pass. Prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. What does that mean? They bear rule by their own means. Man. Man's means. Cursed be the man that trusted in man. And my people love to have it so. They love their stadium churches and all their programs and their Christian rock bands and their 501c3 corporations and how they can write it off on their taxes and their praise and worship sessions and their drums and all the other stuff that they've got in the modern church with all the modern conveniences of the world. The church is becoming more and more like the world every day to attract the world. If the church were really right with the Lord, they would be doing the exact opposite. They're not. I don't, quite honestly, I don't want a whole bunch of unsaved people in this Bible study we're doing right now. Now, if they want, if they choose to listen to this online, that's great. But I don't want them in here. I don't want that dynamic taking place. I don't. I would rather have us four or five than have people in here that are unsaved or lukewarm where there's going to be contentions and all of these evil disputings and murmurings. I don't want to hear it. I don't. I really don't. I mean, not if it's not biblical. If it's biblical, if I'm wrong, that's one thing. Correct me. The Bible says a wise man will receive a rebuke and love you for it. But a scorner will hate you for it. Most of what I'm saying will rub people the wrong way. And all I'm going to do is make enemies. And why do I want to bring that into this home church setting? I don't. I don't. But the regular church, the modern day apostate church, is motivated by money because the love of money is the root of all evil. Therefore, they don't really care about those types of dynamics that I just talked about. They're not going to purge out the old leaven. They're not going to, they're not going to turn such and one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the soul may be saved. Reference 1 Corinthians chapter 5. This is how church, churches should be in run. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. You want to know how churches should be run. That's not being done. It's not being done at all. They're not purging out. They're glorying in their shame. They think that they're delivered to do these abominations, as it says in Jeremiah. So, going back to this, it says that my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? 
Well, this article goes on uh, that I got this week. Antichrist followers show loyalty with their 666 tattoos. Surrounded by a mob of news cameras, a group of smiling, well-dressed church members crowded into a South Beach storefront parlor on a recent muggy evening and got matching tattoos of their prophet symbol, 666. Yeah, isn't that special? Members of Growing in Grace, a controversial religious sect, it's no more than a cult, with over 100,000 followers worldwide, Doug. This guy's got some followers. Headquartered in Doral, said that they are following the example of their leader. Jose Luis de Jesus, meaning Jesus in Spanish, de Jesus Miranda, who has claimed to be Jesus and recently declared himself to be the Antichrist. Well, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, so you would think this devil would do this. Critics have called de Jesus a cult leader, who manipulates followers. Christ church members say that he has brought them happiness and spiritual fulfillment. Yeah, right. This is backing up what I truly believe, says Alvaro Abanson, 38, he's 38 years old, who heads a film production company and joined the church more than a decade ago. He showed a bandage that covered a freshly tattooed 666 on his forearm. It's like a brand, it's like a sign, is what he said. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right, Alvaro. It, it is a brand, it is a sign. The Bible says, let us count the number of the beast. That it be three score, six hundred, and, you know, six hundred, three score, and six. Six, six, six. That's the number of the beast. <laughs> what, what Bible are these people reading? I mean, you talk about leaving your brains at the front door when you go into this church. Check your brain at the front door. Because I can't even conceive of being this delusional. Now, it'd be one thing if they started out that way. It'd be one thing if, okay, we're the first church of Satan. Here's our pastor, Anton Sansador LaVey. Our church started in 1966 on May 1st, Beltane, which is a high satanic holiday we know as May, May Day. Okay? We started our church in San Francisco, California. That's, the, that's how the Satanic Church got started, okay? Anton Sanzador LaVey wrote the Satanic Bible. Now, I can understand if they came from that, but they didn't. Supposedly, they started out, I guess, Christian. Kind of. But, this article goes on to say that this sign, the 666, is a sign most Christians would shun. Oh, really? This is the Miami Herald writing this now. Because for centuries, the numbers have been associated with Satan. But for 30 or so church members who branded themselves with 666, um, and they also branded themselves with, with the letters SSS. Now, number one, marking your body like that is an abomination in the sight of God. But do you think this guy cares about the Bible? He says that, that he's basically done away with the Bible. He's, you know, he's, it's, it's by his rules now. This SSS that they're getting... Um, put on there are the initials of the De Jesus motto, Salvo Siempre Salvo, which means saved, always saved. So, live like the devil, I can do whatever I want, I'm saved anyway, basically is what they're saying. <coughs> it's a mark of their absolute faith in, in De Jesus. <laughs> yeah. He's got like 24, 
he's on 24 radio stations, and he's got a TV station, and he's, he's got all kinds of stuff. There's people that give 40% to 60% of their total income to this guy. So, you talk about getting rich. Did you want to say something? Well, we'll go a little bit further. Um, this next article is entitled, One World Religion Alert. Churches Back Plan to Unite Under the Pope. Now, remember what I'd said. The most, the most obvious choice, and the most, I think, biblically um, relevant choice, would be the Roman Catholic system. They're the largest pseudo-Christian, Christian, um, really pagan, religion on earth that would be most set up to handle the one world religion of the Antichrist. That would be most set up to un come underneath that umbrella. I don't think there's any other one that's more set up for that. Radical proposals to reunite Anglicans with the Roman Catholic Church under the leadership of the Pope are to be published this year. Oh, the Times has learned. Now, this is from the Times in the United Kingdom. These aren't these aren't Christian sources. You really can't accuse me of being biased or being over the top. These are just published things we're talking about here. The proposals have been agreed to by senior bishops of both churches. In the 42-page statement prepared by an international commission of both churches, Anglicans and Roman Catholics are urged to explore how they might reunite under the Pope. Under the devil. The statement leaked to the Times is being considered by the Vatican, where Catholic bishops are being are preparing a formal response. So again, this is more confirmation. And trust me, it wouldn't take a whole lot if you had a guy with all lying signs and wonders come to the front. If now you've you've totally decimated the faith of millions through things like the Da Vinci Code, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. This whole Merovingian bloodline thing. Now all of a sudden they discover Jesus' body. Well, wow, maybe I need to rethink this thing. Maybe I was wrong all along. Anything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. That's why I said, if you don't have this down now, there's going to be no hope for you when it gets nasty. You're not going to... What do you think you're going to do? Just wait around and let this happen and then all of a sudden it's be some big stalwart of the faith? All of a sudden, now you're going to bow up and get on God's side? You better do it now, while there's still time. Yeah. Quick here. Um, to move on a little bit further, this is more confirmation the last article that I just read. Um, the Catholic cardinals are now okaying the homosexual mass. Oh, yeah. Homosexual rights campaigners have gained permission from the head of the Catholic Church in England and Wales to hold mass for gay parishioners. Isn't that special? Well, I mean, I figure, you know, hey, if they're gonna if they're gonna go, if they're gonna be devils, and, and I believe that Catholicism is is one of the largest abominations in the sight of God. I think it's more of an abomination than Hinduism or Satanism or these others, because they're doing it under the guise of pseudo Christianity. Whereas Hinduism isn't doing that. Buddhism is not doing that. I think, to me, that's more of an abomination in God's eyes. When you, when you try to tie Christ into your religious beliefs, but those religious beliefs are ultimately taking people to hell, I think that's a larger abomination in God's eyes. While the church has allowed celibate gays to receive Holy Communion, 
ungodly, ungodly, unholy communion, this should say. Traditional Catholics believe that practicing homosexuals should be barred from the sacramental rite because their way of life defies church teaching. Oh. Or a boy. Yeah. What, what has been some church teaching of the Catholics? Hmm, indulgences, prepaying for sin, purgatory, praying your loved ones out of purgatory, limbo. Oh yeah, these are biblical. I find these in the Bible. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Inquisition, killing millions and millions of people supposedly for the cause of Christ. What a life in the pit of hell. Where's that commission in the Bible? Going to Mary to get your way through Jesus, praying to the saints, idol worship. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that that's in the Bible. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Not Mary. Not any of the saints. We're not supposed to bow ourselves down to idols, yet they have this big idol industry. Oh, they've conveniently removed that commandment from their Ten Commandments. Did you know that? They've removed that commandment. What they've done is they've split the Tenth Commandment in two parts, and so now they've still got ten. Isn't that nice? I'm not making this stuff up. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, however, Cap Cardinal Comac Murphy O'Connor has taken the controversial step of allowing fortnightly masses in the Westminster Diocese specifically for homosexuals. Isn't that special? The wonders never cease. Got an email this week from a guy that I've done some business with, and uh, he was giving me a whole bunch of excuses about a given issue that we were addressing, which I've seen this pattern from him over and over and over. And he wanted to tell me how hectic his last week has been. And, and this man is, is obviously some type of real big-time, heavy-duty, uh, uh, evidently into the Messianic movement. I, I didn't realize this until I got this email this week to the extent to which he must be. Um, he... He said he's been making this calendar. It's taken him like three days to put this together. And this is why he hasn't had any time. And uh, Satan just loves to bring people into bondage. He loves to steal their time. You know, he loves to turn the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into works-based religion. He loves to pervert that. He just loves to. But I just don't understand how you could just read the book of Galatians alone. Just read the book of Galatians alone. And, and, and how you could hold to these viewpoints. The Bible says in Galatians 4, verse 9, it says, But now, after you have known God, or rather known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Ye observe days... And months, and times, and years. Doesn't that sound like holidays, and feast days, and supposed holy days? I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. This is Paul. A Jew of all Jews. Who of the apostles had the pedigree of Paul? None could even come close. And he's saying this. So I think I'm in pretty decent company. Then Paul says, Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am as are ye. You're not, in, you're not injured. You have not injured me at all. So, 
the, the book of Galatians is totally in, an indictment against those that would desire to be again brought into the weak and beggarly elements of the law. Now, I'm not saying the law is bad. Had we not known the law, we would have not known sin. But are we saved through the law now? Or are we saved through Jesus Christ? For you're saved by grace. Who what? Grace. The grace of God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith. Faith in who? Jesus Christ. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But you know how many people are trying to work their way in heaven? Particularly the Messianic Jews or whoever. But see, they do it under the guise of Christ. The Bible says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. No man. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. The Bible says this. I'm not saying it. Being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He paid our sin debt. He took on our curse. What curse? Well, the curse that was brought in when sin initially came in through Adam and Eve. That is permeated throughout history. That's the curse that he took on. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. It's always about through faith. Praise God, I'm glad it's like that. I want it to be through faith. I don't want it to be something I have to earn. Because I couldn't do it. I'd go to hell. I'd burn in hell forever. I mean, it's over and over. But the scripture hath concluded, all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. It's about believing in Jesus Christ. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Before faith, Jesus Christ. Shut up under the faith which should afterwards be revealed. And it warns about in the book of Galatians. It says, And that because of false brethren unawares, this is chapter 2, verse 4, And because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty. That is what I view the Messianic Jews doing. They've come in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus. I should say the, the Hebrew Roots Movement. And I'm going to be getting into a whole series on this in the future. I just wanted to touch on this today. That they might bring us into bondage. Why? Why would these people want to do this? Why would these Messianic Jews or these people, even other, other religious sects, it's always about bringing these people into bondage. The grace of Jesus Christ is not enough for them. They have to bring into bondage. They have to bring works-based works religion. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not an hour. That the truth of the gospel might continue to you. Well, see, if the churches were doing this, if people that were in the churches, if they weren't giving place to these people for an hour, do you know how much better the churches would be? Why? Because they're purging out this leaven. Because if they leave the leaven in the church, it's going to leaven the whole lump. Like yeast will go through dough and permeate it. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not, an, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. That's why they do it. So that the truth of the gospel can continue. So that it doesn't get perverted. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. This is verse 15. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. And not by works of the law. 
For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Period. Okay? And now, that's just one of many, many, many verses you could get into on this subject. Okay? But this guy, this guy emailed me his calendar. Okay? For this week. And, and this is why he hasn't been able to get anything done. It is impossible... Uh, he, he goes on here, and it, it's this big debate about when Jesus was crucified, and about Pilate and Herod. And again, you know what I thought of when I saw this? I thought about straining at gnats and swallowing camels, as Jesus would say. They strain at gnats, and they swallow camels. They major on minors, and minor on majors. And all of this is, is about works. He gets into the Villa Della Rosa and Golgotha, and... and Jesus nailed on the cross and times and all this stuff. And, and I'm not saying I have any problem with that. But when you're weaving this into your religion and basing your religion off works, which is what he's doing. I'm just going to hit the high points here because I, I, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. Um, he's saying that our calendar's all wrong and, and that we're basically... Because our calendar's all wrong, we're basically in, um, it says we must follow the Bible or else we are not Christians. Well, what Bible's he reading? He's under the law, because he's got a set calendar here from starting April 1st, going through the 10th of stuff you have to do every single day. And basically in order to be saved. That's what he's saying. We have to follow, why? Because he says, well, Jesus did it, we have to be followers of Christ. Well, so then now, what you're saying, then, is that we are saved by works. No. No. Wrong. Isn't that what we just read? Isn't that what we just read? But now, after that you have known God, or rather known of God, how again, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, wherein ye desire to be in the bondage? Ye observe days, and months, and times, and years? Isn't that what we're talking about here? But these people... Totally want to look, overlook all of this. He talks about all the feasts. Passover, Days of Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, Atonement, Trumpets, Feast of Booths, Great Last Day, whatever that is. All these things. Um, idolatry is following a man's calendar. Instructions instead of God, who gave the new moon instruction in Second Chronicles 31.3, where idolatry is about. What kind of cult is this? But this is very, very much part of the Messianic Jewish movement if you go into it. You will be pulled into bondage. I guarantee you. Every time. So, supposedly he's got the right calendar here. And that, um, you know, it, it's just, it's asinine. So much of what he's saying. Basically, he's elevating himself above everyone else. Because he's really keeping the law. In fact, there's a whole gigantic email exchange that he got into with another man about this very issue. And they were arguing back and forth that each one of them are, 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 are in danger of damnation because of their stance they're taking on Passover week. Where do they get this from? Are we under the weak and beggarly elements? Are we, are we to observe days and times and weeks? And, well, evidently, according to them, that's the only way we can get saved. Sunday. Here's what you got to do on Sunday, April 1st, Lisa. Now, this is going to be your day. I'm going to sign this day to you. So, Sunday. 
Now he's got all of the corrected to Nissan 12 and 30 AD and uh, it was supposedly choose whatever. I'm so glad that I'm saved by grace through faith. You know, 9 o'clock, here's what you got to start doing. 9 o'clock, go and find a room. Whatever that means. 6, now it's 9 o'clock a.m. Then it, then it jumps to 6 p.m. And it says, meet in a room. 7 p.m., foot washing. 8 p.m., kiddish elements. 9 p.m., teach disciples. 10 p.m., walk to Gethsemane. 11 p.m., wake disciples. 12 a.m., Jesus arrested. 11, 1 a.m., and I, he goes all through here. And evidently, these are things that you have to observe during this time. And he goes all through here, and like um, foot washing on Tuesday, bread and wine, lamb's meal, kiddish as Paul did. You know, I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, oh, and Wednesday, Sabbath day, no work. See, he doesn't work, do anything on Saturday. I hope he's not even picking up a twig, or he might go to de- he might go to hell. Yeah, oh yeah, that that too. Um, and then Thursday is the second day of self-examination, unleavened bread. It might, reminds me of a, of a of a real pious monk or something, you know. Um, of course, they're all going to hell. Friday, third third day of self-examination of unleavened bread. We're supposed to self-examine ourselves, and then sa- Sabbath is the seventh of April, and that is the fourth day of self-examination, unleavened bread, and uh, double high Sabbath day. Ooh, boy. Whoa. Yeah. Now. Well, exactly. I mean, if, if we had to do all this, give me a break. Eighth day, repent. Fifth day of self-examination, and more unleavened bread. Ninth day, repent. Sixth day of self-unleavened bread. Sundown, to no, you, you can't do any work until sundown. And then and then I guess you can start doing work. Oh, no, no, you can't, because the next day you can't work either. Unleavened bread, seventh day of self-examination. Where do they get this? I don't even know where you would get this from the New Testament. Maybe they can conjure this out of the Old. So, he's got all of this corrected to Jerusalem's new moon, it's just, it's absolutely unbelievable what these people are doing. This is the whole email exchange I had. I wanted to let you see it. I'm sure that um, you'll, uh, you'll appreciate that, Doug. <laughs> oh. So anyway, yeah, I dealt with that this week. Um, here's another article that I've received recently entitled, Grandmas Go to Jail for Witnessing. It's coming in America. It's already here. Arrested for sharing the gospel. An expected outcome in North Korea, China, or any Muslim country on the globe. But Pennsylvania? Yep, Arlene, I can't even pronounce her last name, a 75-year-old grandmother of three, and Linda Beckman, a 70-year-old grandmother of ten, along with nine others, were arrested for sharing their faith on a public sidewalk in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. They faced 47 years, the rest of their lives in jail, for spreading the gospel because of Pennsylvania hate crimes law that is nearly identical to H.R. 254. H.R. would stand for House Resolution. The hate crimes bill reintroduced in Congress and is said to be on the fast track in the House Judiciary Committee. This is, this is the same bill that previously passed both House and Senate and was killed only because Republican, Republican leadership opposed it in conference, something we no longer have. 
don't believe hate crimes will silence your freedom of speech and freedom of religion? Think again. Pastors in Pennsylvania are now seeking liability insurance to protect themselves from being persecuted by hate speech law. That's right. They are reacting to Pennsylvania's addition of sexual orientation to the state's hate crime law. See, what they're going to do is you can't say anything against gay people. Well, then you're basically saying, I can't preach the Bible. See, this is the choice that, that's coming to all of us. And um, that's why it would be very easy for any of us to end up in jail. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're filled with hate. No, I'm not. I'm, if I'm filled with the Word of God and the truth comes out, the truth is offensive. You know? And the Bible condemns homosexuality. No, you won't be able to do any of that. So I'm just planning on ending up in jail. I mean, I'm planning for the guillotine. Really, I mean, that's, I, I don't want it to happen, but I can't see any other logical conclusion unless the Lord chooses to take me out of here in some other way. Um, because I'm not going to shut up. You know, I, I just, I refuse. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, when they tell me to go against the Bible, I'm not going to do that. It's better to, to obey God than man. That's the, that's the bottom line. But most Christians don't see it that way. They say, oh no, obey the laws of the land. No, we don't. Well, what if the laws of the land are contradictory to the word of God? Who do you obey then? God. You have to. Well, again, the sifting is coming. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Even if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. And God is sending the strong delusion that they would believe a lie, that they might all be damned that received not the love of the truth. So that's where we're heading. So, again, put on your chin strap because it's coming. Now, I'm not saying God's not up there on the throne, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that he's not capable of protecting his remnant. Because there, there is a remnant that has always been protected. And then some of the remnant weren't as protected up until the time they were martyred. It depends on what God's plan is for your life. What that is, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a futurist or a prognosticator. I haven't called the Dion Warwick Psychic Hot Friends Network this week. Nor do I plan on it. You know, they went under a long time ago. You know why those, those hot, Psychic Friends Hot Networks always go under? They always do. Because they give out so many so much bad advice, so much stuff that doesn't come to pass, that they get sued. And they have to go under. Well, evidently, they're not living up to Deuteronomy 18, where it talks about the test of a prophet, that they have to get it right 100% of the time. Of course, the Pentecostal church isn't either. Sorry, but I'm being honest. I mean, hey, if you're going to do that, if you say you're going to prophesy, you better be biblical about it. Oh, well, you're being prejudiced. No, I'm not. I'm being biblical. So, um, moving on with this, it says, uh, these pastors are reacting to Pennsylvania's addition of sexual orientation to the state's hate crime laws. This is why the Bible talks about work while there's still day, because the light and the night cometh when no man can work. We're moving into this. That's why I want to get these sermons up on the internet. To, to How long they're going to be up there, I don't know. But um, the night's coming when no man's going to be able to work. Of particular concern was the expansion of the definition of harassment, to include harassment by communication, which means one could be convicted based upon spoken words alone. Their fear is a rational one. Hate crimes invariably lead to fines and jail time for those who violate them. Just ask Sweden's pastor... Aki Green, 
Green faced jail time for the content of his sermon. He read from Romans chapter 1 something that is no longer legal in Sweden. Did you know that? You can't read Romans chapter 1 in Sweden. The hate crimes are more appropriately thought crimes. Bill is the single most dangerous bill in America. Along with your companion, the employer, along with its companion, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, thought crimes for your business, is expected to pass this session in Congress. Bow to the homosexual agenda, endorse, embrace, subsidize it, and celebrate it, or go out of business. Sorry. Sorry. I, I, I take, I'll, I'll take prison. I, I'm not going to do it. That's what it did to the largest and most respected adoption agency in Boston. Catholic charities who, by refusing to place vulnerable orphans in homosexual homes, was forced to close its door. Isn't that pathetic? You've got the Catholics who are going to hell through false religion, but they wouldn't even, they refused to place vulnerable orphans in homosexual homes. Well, good for them, at least for that. You know, and they are they are definitely rabidly against abortion. Okay, but that doesn't mean that the religion won't take you to hell. Okay, a broken clock is still right two times per day. A, a broken clock that's not running is still right two times a day. Two minutes out of a twenty-four hour time period, it's right. So. Um, This is, this is what's going on here. Now, here's another thing. Protest Islam. Now, that's a hate crime. Oh, yeah. Maybe it had something to do with September 11th. Maybe it had something to do with beheadings. Maybe it had something to do with the written what's written in the Quran. But the Canadian pastor, Mark Harding, doesn't believe Muslim religion is one of peace. So when his local high school started handing out copies of the Quran and announced a policy of setting aside a room for Muslim students to pray during school hours, Pastor Harding protested didn't think it was a good idea, especially since Christian, Jewish, and Buddhist kids weren't afforded the same opportunity. After losing an appeal to the Canada Supreme Court, Harding was said to have willfully promoted hatred in violation of Canadian law that had just been passed six months earlier. He was then forced to undergo two years of probation, 340 hours of community service, and at, he had to do the community service at the Islamic Society of North America, I'm sorry, put me in jail. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to force me to go to some Islamic place and do community service. What's God going to honor? Who am I trying to please? So for the crime of handing out leaflets protesting the high school's pro-Muslim policy, Pastor Harding was ordered to do community service to further the very religion he morally opposed. I would not do it. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I'm better. But I'm not, there's no way. Kill me. I'm not going to go into some stinking Muslim mosque and do community service. It's not going to happen. Harding, an evangelical Protestant, says his evangelism is motivated by love for the Muslim people rather than hate. In fact, in a phone call used as evidence against him in the trial, Harding verbalizes that he loves them. Well, I do too. I love them enough to tell them the truth. I'm sure I'm not going to go donate time to their false religion and propagate or have anything to do with their religion being propagated. I won't do it. 
Hardy verbalizes that he loves them. He says that he wants them to go to heaven. So do I. I agree. Yet he received more than 3,000 hate-filled calls, many of them death threats. Oh, but the Muslims are a religion of peace. You can't say a thing about them. No, you can't say a thing about the Muslims. Oh, it's okay for them to... to, to it's, it's okay for the Quran and all that to say, to slay the infidels, to kill them, to mercilessly pursue them, which is what it does say. Anybody who's not a believer, according to the Quran, they should die. They will not be converted. They should die. That's okay. But all this guy does is pass out some leaflets and he gets 3,000 hate-filled calls, many of them. See, the, the, the Muslims show their true colors so easy. All you got to do is just push the envelope just a little bit. And their true colors come out. Their religion of hate, that's a religion of hate. You talk about religion of hate, that is religion of hate. Some motion by running their finger across their neck from ear to ear. Evidently, um, ones that he saw. Upon entering court for his trial, he required police protection from a large crowd of Muslims who were chanting, Infidels, you will burn in hell. Of course, that speech is okay and loving. That's alright. What, what stinking hypocrisy. Harding said, I had a call from someone who said they were from Louis Farrakhan's Nation of Islam group. They were going to break my legs. Adding another caller said he would rip out my testicles. Can't you just feel the love? But instead of just stuffing envelopes to promote the Muslim faith, his punishment included Islam indoctrination under the direction of Muhammad Astaroth, the General Secretary of the Islam Center. I'm sorry, kill me. Kill me! I will not do this. You can't force me to do this. Under penalty of going to jail, Harding was forced to undergo Islamic re-education, which included reading a book called Towards Understanding Islam which provided a description of one who does not follow Islam, referred to as an infidel or a kafar. Such a man will spread confusion and disorder on earth, the book says. He will, without the least com comp compunction, shed blood, violate other men's rights, be cruel to them, and create disorder and destruction in the world. Well, that's what their religion is based on. How dare they say that that's what's going to happen? His perverted thoughts and ambitions, his blurred vision and disturbed scale of values and his evil spelling activities would make life bitter for him and for all around him. Now this is a quote from this blasphemous Islamic book he evidently had to read. It was obvious that he intended to make sure I understood that I was a kafar. Meaning a, 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 a I'm sorry pastor, you shouldn't even, even have been there. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't care if the government says you've got to go. No judge, I'm not going to do it. Well, you're in contempt of court. Fine, I'm in contempt of court. This is against my religious beliefs. Now you're telling me you're, they're going to shove this down my throat? I don't think so. Well, then you're going to go to jail. I'll go to jail for the cause of Christ. Um, it was obvious that he intended to make sure I understood that I was a kafar said Harding, who was forbidden from voicing any objections or saying anything negative about Islam or its prophet Muhammad. Well, what does that tell me? That tells me that he's caved. He's agreed to do this, and he's caved, where he's said, oh, okay, I'll keep my mouth shut now. Would I rather please God or men? Some will be out there saying, well, you, you're no one to judge him. You're not in his shoes. That's true, I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm sure my day will come. I'm not holding him to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. I'm just saying, I wouldn't do it. Now, God may very well make me prove those words. You know something? I'm not relying on my own strength to get through something like that. I'm not so presumptuous or so big-headed to think that I could do this and be Mr. Martyr or do whatever in and of myself. But it, the Holy Spirit lives inside me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. That's what the Bible says. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So, I'm relying on that. I'm not relying on, on, on Mr. Big and Bad Scott. I'm not. So, let me... I just wanted to make that clear. Harding, who had been prevented from speaking publicly about his case under a gag order, told World Daily Net, he said, he was my supervisor. And if I didn't follow what he said, he would send me back to jail. Now, who is this? This, this Islamic guy? Harding, 49, has suffered four heart attacks since 1997 and is unable to work in his cabinet-making trade because of his poor health. Yet he must travel three hours to the Islamic Society of North America to complete his sentence. His attorney has entered a plea based on humanitarian grounds. I wouldn't... No, no plea! No! Due to his client's poor health, to allow him to complete his sentence at an... Now, I just... I don't see how this is pleasing to God. This is a total compromise. He started out on the right foot. He did. But as soon as, as the consequences, which were already leveled, he caved. I'm sorry, but he did. I understand he's in poor health. I'm, I'm sorry, but what's right is right. Um, they, they, they entered this plea to allow him to complete his sentence at his at his, at, at his Islam center closer to his home. Isn't that nice? Perhaps if he's lucky, he can be indoctrinated closer to home. <laughs> so now they're getting sarcastic. I think they should. And speaking of indoctrination, thanks to the city council, that shrill siren from Muslim mosques is now blasted five times a day just outside of Detroit. Whether your child is sleeping or, or in an or on an important call for about 15 minutes every day, it's going to sound like a tornado drill outside your suburban Detroit home or business beginning from 6 to 10 p.m. Did you know that? They got their stinking Muslim sirens blaring. So the Muslims will know when to pray. But if you were to ring church bells, which typically play music for two or three minutes once a week in a Muslim country, you would be shot. See, there's such... Hypocrites, the Muslims. It's only their way. They have no... You talk about being intolerant. Whew. I'm not going to force Christianity down their throat, but they're bound to determine to force Muslimism, convert or die, if the truth be known. Oh no, this is a religion of peace. No, you need to read the Quran. These people that say it's a religion of peace are liars. It's right in the Quran what you're supposed to do to unbelievers, and that's kill them. It's right there. I could show you verse after. In fact, I've quoted those verses before. Right out of the, you can't you can't accuse me of being biased or opinionated. It's right from their book. Their their supposed supposed demonic holy book. In California, hate crimes law, pro-lifers are automatic suspects. Hate crimes bill SB one two three four was signed into law by California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Creates a new hate crimes training requirement for the law enforcement called multi-mission criminal extremism. Isn't that nice? 
In addition to these categories already considered for special punishment under the term hate crimes, the new multi-transmission criminal extremism training adds anti-reproductive rights crimes. Oh, isn't that nice? Reminds me of, of how they've changed the term shell-shocked when, you're, when you get into battle and, 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 and it just... These men have mental breakdowns. Now they've got it post-traumatic stress disorder. Or post, you know. They, they, they always give these nice flowery names to something that's of the devil. Because it seems more palatable that way. So that means if you're a pro-lifer in California, you're an automatic suspect. And the law enforcement is being specially trained on how to handle you. I wonder what that special multi-transmission, multi-mission criminal extremism train, train offers, trains officers to look for. Anti-reproductive rights? Could it be t-shirts they're wearing? Those who've passed anti-reproductive rights laws? Those who've debated the anti-reproductive rights position? If I lived in California, I have a feeling my picture would be found at a local post office. If you think killing children is wrong, they're training people against you too. This law expands crime. And where's the church in all this? Oh boy, they're really being salt and light. Really being salt and light. That's why I said there's certain things that are taking place in America. Certain things that I believe are just such an abomination to God. They aren't taking place other places of, of the earth. Right? They're just not. Not to the extent that they're taking place in America. This law also expands crimes to include speech interpreted as threats, intimidation, and coercion. As long as a victim claims that claims the speech makes them feel intimidated, violators will be liable to penalties of ten to twenty five thousand in a year in jail. Whatever, I ain't gonna pay a dime. Throw me in jail. You're telling me to pay something because I'm following my religion? I'm following what the Bible says? And any person who says they are fearful because someone has said homosexuality is wrong could have the speaker arrested and jailed, according to James Hartline. This will be used to criminalize expressions of biblical truth about homosexuality as hate speech. Just read Romans 1. It could very well target not just organizations who disagree with homosexuality, but Christian bookstores that carry books like The Criminalization of Christianity or another book already ruled to containing intimidating beliefs called the Bible. That's why I said, the, how could they have the Bible? How are you going to be able to have the Bible if that's the case? I agree with James Hartline, who's quoted saying, this is the worst bill ever put before the California legislature, and that says a lot. I mean, they're the most liberal of the bunch in California. That's as liberal as it gets. And now, if it's about to go federal, the hate crimes bill in Congress will pave the way for the very same thing. If you are for hate crimes legislation, you are for the persecution of Christians. It's just a package deal. There's no longer any doubt. If we stop this freight train aimed for our freedom from passing in Congress, we must work together and speak in a unified voice. Whether the Christians will do that or not, I doubt it. They're not going to do, I don't think they're going to, I think they're just going to cow and bow to everything that comes their way. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it starts in the home. and um, 
if the hate crimes bill is passed by Congress, we are ready for phase two, sending veto pens to the president with individualized messages urging the veto. Yeah, I don't know. Um, two members uh, who are members of Gideon's Bible International uh, Organization uh, have been arrested after trying to hand out Bibles on the public sidewalk in Florida, according to a law firm. Um, Alliance Defense Fund have con confirmed that they will be representing these two individuals who were arrested, booked into jail, and charged with trespassing. So they were just handing out Bibles. Um, so, yeah, we've got some really heavy-duty things. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I agree with that. Um, so yeah, we've, we've seen, we've really, uh, we've really looked at some heavy-duty things this week. Um, this is an article that appeared in Cutting Edge. It says, shocking news story illustrates how far down the abyss people's attitudes are toward matters of eternal, eternal significance. If the attitude exhibited by the people of this news story is true, indication, people of the world will have no trouble whatsoever in accepting the mark of the beast. Now, this is from Raiders News Network, Tom Horn's organization. It was called the Blasphemy Challenge. Will you trade your soul for a DVD? Well, over 100 young people and counting have. A group that's calling itself the Rational Response Squad is inviting many people, mainly teens, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit and thereby commit the impardonable sin. If you are among the first 1,001 people to declare, I deny the Holy Spirit, and post your denial on YouTube, you too will receive a free DVD entitled, The God Who Wasn't There. Blasphemy Challenge. This is what's going on here. Can you imagine how lightly these young people are towards their precious eternal soul? These young people have this attitude because they do not believe in the Word of God. They do not know the Word of God, and they are deeply steeped in the blackness of their spiritual blindness. Um, it says, disturbingly, the RRS reports, Raiders News Network, reports that the Blasphemy Challenge is targeting 25 websites geared to teens... Um, including Boy Scout Trail, Tiger Beat, Teen Magazine, Seventeen, Cosmo Girl. Their aim is to deprogram kids who have been indoctrinated from birth to believe in God, in general, and Christianity in particular. That's the new blasphemy challenge. I, I truly, I, I pray God rain down His fury on on these on these uh, devils that are propagating this this stuff. Um. This one is uh, about um, Rick Warren and uh, this new guy, this Obama guy, that's going to be running against Hillary. Rick Warren, the best-selling author of The Purpose Driven Life and senior teacher at Saddleback Church in California, has inv invited Barack Obama to speak to the Congregation of Faithful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this was actually December 1st. This, I'm, I'm a little bit behind on some of these. In doing so, he has joined himself to one of the smoothest politicians of our times, and also one of the most wicked in worldview in the worldview, contradicts who contradicts nearly every tenet of the Christian faith that Warren professes. Of course, I don't know about that. I, when was Warren ever when was Warren ever a uh, <laughs> please, give me a break. Why would Warren marry the moral equivalency of his pulpit, a sacred place of honor and 
evangelical tradition now, they're giving this guy way too much credit here in this article. Why would he marry this to the inhumane, sick, and sinister evil that Obama has worked for as a legislator? Warren is ready to turn over the spiritual mantle to a man who represents the views of Satan at worst or progressive anti-God liberals at best in the most in most of his public positions on the greatest moral test of our time. Barack Obama has a long history of defying the intended morality of Scripture. As a state legislator, he actively worked to preserve availability of abortion in all nine months of pregnancy. Oh yeah, all nine months. He opposed partial... He opposed parental notification. He opposed any and all bans on partial birth abortion. Um... Which, which is an act, a partial birth abortion is an act that includes delivery of the baby up to the head, through the birth canal, and then basically putting scissors into the back of the brain, opening that up, and then suctioning the brain matter out. That's what a partial birth abortion is. You deliver the baby, the live baby, and you do that. What a stinking abomination in the sight of God. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, Hillary's going to... Yeah. She, well... You, you got you got a closet Muslim devil again, running against a, a, a third or fourth degree level uh, witch. Yeah. Well, I hope they do. I, they make a great team, the two of them. Um. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. In his run for U.S. Senate, Senator Obama has even asked his wife to pen a letter to Illinois voters that reassured them of his commitment to fighting for right. To butcher children in the womb. Barack Obama has long supported the advance of the radical homosexual activist lobby in their pursuit to destroy traditional marriage. He supported the creation of special rights for people who engage in homosexuality for the sole purpose of putting them at the front of the line on employment issues, housing, and litigation. He has, he has solemnly backed the advancement of all hate crimes legislation, which ultimately may, may be used to silence clergy who believe, according to their own convictions, that homosexual behavior is wrong and preach so from biblical tests. Again, cutting-edge readers should not be surprised that Obama is pro-homosexual, for we have warned that he is identical to Bill and Hillary. In fact, we believe it is possible that Obama might be designated as vice president under Hillary. You nailed it, Nonetta. Have you been calling Beyond Psychic Friend Network lately? Yeah, we have a prophetess among us. Yeah, I mean, this is this is some heavy-duty stuff. Where, where are we at on time here? Okay, so we're going to go ahead and close this one out uh, with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us, for the day, Lord God, that you've let us live in. In the name of Jesus Christ, I realize, Lord, that this is a very, very wicked time, but, Lord, that this is the end times, Lord, and it is a privilege to be here, God, no matter how wicked and corrupt it is. I know, Lord God, there's more people on the planet right now that could potentially get saved than any, than any other time in history. And I just pray, Lord God, that your fear would be upon the body of Christ, upon the world, Lord, and that you would save many, Lord God, that, that you would use the body of Christ Use the people listening to this broadcast. Use, use the four that are here this day in the name of Jesus Christ that many would be saved through the efforts of the Holy Spirit through us. That great fear would fall upon the sin-sick world and even upon the body of Christ that we would repent, Lord, that we would be right before you, that we would be pure before you. 
Lord God, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God, for they would wisely consider of your doing, that your name would be glorified through us, Lord God, that you would forgive us of our sins, Lord God, for if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us, that you would cleanse us from secret sins and presumptuous sins, that they would not have dominion over us. I pray, Lord God, that we would be worthy vessels, that the Holy Spirit could work through us, and that, Lord God, you would guide us, guard us, and direct us, protect our families. I pray to God you would save our families, Lord, for it's a will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And, Lord God, I just pray you bring us back at the next appointed time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.